Hello, all you sexy singles. It's the head bachelor in charge, Josh, back for another episode of the Not So Bad Bachelor Pad. Joining me today is the feel good gut girl. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Josh. It's Trish Weston here. I go by the feel good gut coach. So I'm a holistic health specialist, stress expert, an intuitive eating advocate, really specializing in gut health and helping people with issues like IBS because I went through that and I I don't want others to struggle with that. So that's what I do. Well, that's amazing. Another reason this episode is a little near and dear to my heart or well, my gut is because I also have like tummy t- tummy issues. Uh, tummy issues. Yes. Uh, so I'm always like, guys, your gut, it's so important. It's so important. It's so important. It's everything. And that's what I always say. Like, I got tummy issues. You know, there's no hiding it. I'm not shy to talk about those things. And really, um, it, it's kind of been a blessing to go through this process because I learned just how important the gut is. And I I think I love chatting about this because there's a lot of buzz around gut health, but I think um, maybe everybody doesn't have the full picture on just why the gut's so important or how to handle digestive issues because they are complicated. So I'd love to shed some light on any of that today, whatever you think would be relevant or helpful. Well, I mean, I say you can't trust your gut if you're not taking care of it. So it's all relevant. Um, Yes. You know? That's, that's just yes. my take on it, but yeah, you know what I, my kind of motto is feel good in your gut. Like I, I have a feel good gut program that helps my one-on-one clients. I go by feel good gut coach and that's because I want people to feel good physically in their gut, like digestively. I want like them to feel good, but I also want to strive to help people feel good deep down intuitively about the choices they're making for themselves. Kind of that gut feeling, that instinct about uh, what feels good, what doesn't, what is right, right, what is wrong, to be a guiding force in all areas of our life, not just necessarily nutrition and digestion. So uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had on Sarah, uh, Sarah Randall. She like coaches like an intuitive eating coach. Um, so we've been really all about the gut, all about the stomach uh, here lately, and we would love to keep it up here with you, Trish, today. Um, That's awesome. I'd like to know, I know you said you had uh, IBS, but is that, is that the thing that got you into this or was there something else that really spurred you into be like, you know what, let's, let's take this all the way, like full sing. Mm, I love that question. So yeah, I mean, I, I grew up really quite healthy in my, my childhood years and my teens. I didn't really have any concerns. I think I jinxed myself. I was like, I have a strong stomach. I, I never, I never have issues with that. And then around my college years, my early 20s, um, I started just to have a lot of discomfort. Foods were kind of not uh, meshing with me well. I started to develop food sensitivities. But when I would go to the doctor, they're like, you're pretty fit. You're healthy. That's normal. Most women in their early 20s have IBS. And I was like, that can't be right. I don't think that's true. I feel like I didn't read about that in any book. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. And also, even if it is, like, I don't want to accept that. I don't want to be uncomfortable all the time. Uh, So I just kind of started to research things. Uh, But what was really the driving force for me is after a couple years of just struggling with elimination diets and really like working on my health without seeing so many improvements, I was actually getting worse. I was like, 
I'm too stressed about this. I, I just think I need to find some support. So that's actually when I found my coaching community and I joined a health coaching program just to help myself. Like if I can help other people, that's fantastic. But I'm like, I just want to learn from like, what would someone do to help me? And I was kind of like my first client in a respect. Honestly, I, I tell people this all the time. They're like, well, why did you start a podcast? And I was like, um, this is the cheapest version of therapy I could find. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, if I'm investing all this money in doctors and like not getting so much empathy or, or straight answers, I want to at least put that money in a community that is going to support me that I'm, I'm passionate about. And I found that through my, my uh, health coaching school. Um, and I just found that that was a huge game changer for me personally. And I think we can always help ourselves first and then we can learn to help others and kind of on this journey that I'm like, whoa, I'm passionate about this. Now I want to help other people do it. So it was kind of truthfully a pretty organic process. When you're passionate about something and you can turn it into your purpose or profit, more effortless, um, in my opinion. Um, yeah, because when you're in a space where you may not want to be or you don't know too much about it feels like you're always struggling to fit in or like you know fighting to belong um yeah you're like you're like oh i have to do this again whereas when you're in that space you're like i i love this like i'm helping i'm helping people you know i'm 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 doing me yeah it's beautiful absolutely it is beautiful it's such an amazing feeling and i think that Um, that's what I love about the community of like podcasters that I've been able to connect with and the coaching world in general has hooked me up with so many people that might come from totally different backgrounds. It's not like I just connect with people who are into nutrition and health. Um, but there's just, uh, something about people who want to personally develop that is just, there's just something there, you know? I do. Um, I'm just starting to hit. I'm not. I always make myself seem older than I am. I'm not that old. I'm only 26. But (laughs) (laughs) but I'm like at that point in my life where I'm like, you know what? You were a total delinquent uh, a couple years ago. Let's let's try to let's try to be a semi functioning human now. And so (laughs) so we've been trying to improve ourselves little by little. Uh, oh, I anyway. love that. Yeah. I, I get that. I'm 25, so we're very close in age. And um, it's funny because when I turned 25, I was like, wow, I can't say I'm in my early 20s anymore. Kind of got an adult now and grow up a little bit. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's it's fun. And I, I actually love chatting with people around my age, people in their mid-20s like us, um, because I think that there's something about our generation when I speak about health wellness and gut issues there's a lot that happened in our age group and I think it's because we kind of grew up with a lot of processed foods if you're a 90s kid you grew up on fruit (laughs) roll-ups tricks yogurt things like that but we're also part of this new movement where people are just more interested in wellness now so I think we're a really interesting generation for that reason I can see that I definitely feel like my stomach is lined with chewed up gum and gushers um, yeah. I remember my teacher saying, if you swallow gum, it stays there for like 30 years. So I've still got a wild <laughs> for something that to kick off. Uh, <laughs> no, um, but I, I, I kind of agree with that. Um, and just it's by coincidence, I guess. Um, a lot of my guests, I'd say maybe over 90 percent, have also been around my same same age range or like mm. we went to school together via high school or college. Mm. And 
we are very alike in the sense that I was like, oh my God, I can't eat this anymore. And I was, yeah. like, I, was, I was like, what? I was like, isn't that something that should be happening when we're older? But I was like, think, uh, thinking, looking at how much cleaner I eat now, I was like, we did put a lot of junk inside our body. Yes, I feel like I totally resonate. And kind of stepping into this fear and coming out as like the feel-good gut girl, and a lot of like past classmates and things come to me and be like, I have gut issues too. And you have no idea, but... Um, I, I feel like one of my theories as to why, and, and the research behind why food sensitivities come up and gut issues is because of processed food and the way that we have different amount of additives and we have way more gluten and dairy added to foods than our parents or our grandparents. And um, I think it makes a lot of sense because we were kind of right in that age of like 80s to 90s, a lot more processed food, clean eating wasn't as available. Um, so I think it unfortunately makes a lot of sense and at least we can kind of confide in each other. Well, I'm a little sad because I thought I was special. Now, uh, I know I'm not, <laughs> no, it's, a, not. it's a generational not. thing. Everybody has got issues. Jeez, no. Okay. <laughs> and no, but that's also a good thing because now we know where to go when we have questions. Um, yeah. I like, I, I, like, I love doctors. I work in the hospital, love mm-hmm. doctors. They're great. Do I want to spend more time with a doctor outside of work? No, no, I don't. Um, (laughs) So I've been looking for more holistic um, avenues to explore because I'm tired of putting processed things in. Like, you know, like even medication in itself is a combination of, you know, chemical processes. Yeah. Uh, Whereas sometimes, you know, like like a little ginger or something could be a good little can be like perfect yeah <laughs> I, I love ginger ginger tea is like one of my absolute favorite things for the gut um for just soothing the stomach and i think you make a really good point like i will you know i have certifications in health and life coaching but i'll never claim to be a doctor there there are places for that um and i have friends who are doctors i absolutely respect that but i think there is something and i don't know if you would agree with working in a hospital um that the medical community doesn't look at nutrition quite as much as like other holistic avenues or they don't quite turn to stress management and stress is just huge. And of course, affects literally every aspect of our mental, emotional, physical health. Um, and so I do think that nutritionists and health coaches really kind of fill that gap. And I'm really excited about that because again, we're not trying to replace doctors. Um, really, I think a coach, how I describe it to people, is, is someone who can help you follow your doctor's orders. <laughs> they say you should exercise more and eat well, but it's easier said than done. Exactly. Um, it's easier said than done. And I know, for example, when I went to my gastroenterologist years ago about my gut issues, they were like, okay, hey, we're, we're going to send you in the mail a diet of the FODMAP diet. You're going to follow it. <laughs> FODMAP is a diet that's super restrictive and they sent it to me in the mail. Like I could have Googled that right. and it's like, that's fine. That's a great recommendation, but I don't have any support outside the five minutes that I talk to the doctor. So that's why I love the community of coaches and kind of holistic wellness world. Cause it's like that support that you need to actually follow through with those healthy actions. And, and that's something that I've tried to bring my friends upon here recently. Um, is because so like I said, we're so used to the process that they're like, oh, I don't really see a problem with it, or they're like, well, I like I cook myself, and I was like, well, just because you cook doesn't mean you're not cooking processed food still. Exactly. Let's, let's just get that out of the way. Um, 
I don't know who right. told you that, that it wasn't, but they lied to you. You should go <laughs> give them like a little tap. Right. Just because you heat up a um, Pop-Tart doesn't mean you're cooking <laughs> or that it's really the level of nutrition. Um, I'm a big advocate for baby steps. I think preparing your own food is a, is a great first step, but I do think it, you know, really true wellness and getting to an area of being healthier, especially managing gut issues is building on those habits and kind of refining it down and looking at, you know, not only eating, but like you said, like medications and are there chemicals in my cleaning products and all those little things to take into account can be overwhelming, but every little step you can take does make a difference. Um, And that's what I, I do like about the holistic health community it's kind of looking at all those little puzzle pieces um you know from our water to our food to our movement to kind of what does our environment look like around us as well i'm not going to say it's a new space because it's not a new space um it's a space that's been existing for decades um it's just new to us i feel like um because like i said it wasn't as available when we were younger but there's still been people who've been practicing for for years i think when I started school, there was like uh, one of my professors was more into holistic rather than alopathic mm. uh, methods. Um, grew his own food, so everything was pretty much farm to table for him. Um, mm. Even some of his like medical remedies. And I was like, I was like, well, why don't you, Scott? I was like, why don't you just go see a doctor? And he was like, I am. Mother Nature is my doctor. And I was like, right. I was like, just because you're a philosophy professor doesn't mean you have to come at me like this. I don't like it. Right. <laughs> philosophy like that um i do agree with that though i think food is medicine um and um something you said kind of sparked something in me oh like i was going to use the example of like how fast things are changing in this world um i you know found out that i was gluten sensitive and gluten really contributed to my gut issues probably around age 21 um and so just in the past four four and a half years or so i've seen the amount of gluten-free products in the stores like increase substantially that's just in four years like when i first went gluten-free i'm like okay here's one brand here and oh this restaurant has something gluten-free and that's increased so much so i think that's just an example of how this is kind of a rapid growth i think in the 20 teens and probably in the 2020s we're going to see even more more growth here which is exciting i mean you can kind of like, like I said, at the start of the 2020s, you know, the whole cauliflower crust movement, and even 2019, yes. like, you know, I mean, like, they're using cauliflower for everything now. They, they totally are. I feel like I've never heard someone say that before, but it is totally a cauliflower crust movement. Like, there's cauliflower crust for everything. And, um, yeah, no, those, those fun little things are exciting. And it just, regardless of, um, whether you want to follow that, I just think it, it encourages some conversation around this. Like, you know, okay, there's some other options that I could take into account. Or why are people go, going to cauliflower anyway? Okay, that's kind of interesting. And if it gets people to think about their health more, I think that's exciting. And I'm all with you. The only thing I will say is if oh, <laughs> I don't mind the substitutions, and I love that we're making health more health conscious decisions. However, I want them to just be called out, okay? I don't want it to be like cauliflower mashed potatoes are not a thing. Just, just say it's mashed cauliflower, please. Um, yeah, you know what? I mean, there's 
you know what? I, I really like cauliflower crust for pizza. I don't think I really explored cauliflower that much outside that. I know it's good for you, but I don't personally like cauliflower that much. I like it in my pizza. Um, and it's just like the same thing with nut milks, how technically yep. you're not, you can't really call it a milk because it didn't come from an animal. Exactly. Um, but then there's nut juice and that just sounds kind of gross. So I mean like coconut water, coconut milk. And I was like, uh, I was like, is there a difference? I mean, they look very similar, like very, very, very similar. They're very similar. And you know what? I think another good point that I'd love to make is that even though I'm such an advocate for nutrition and I love holistic health, I do think even though we're heading in this great direction, there are some people who can take it too seriously or can become too restrictive and like being too worried about health can be detrimental as well. And sometimes I see that with people who have IBS or gut issues because you can almost become paranoid. Like, Oh my gosh, if I don't eat completely clean, if I have this food trigger, I'm going to be completely sick. And so one of the things that I really like to do with my clients is have conversations around mindset and self-care and conscious indulgences and that those are just as important as those things that are healthy. In fact, like not taking your health too, too seriously, being able to joke, being able to be realistic, um, I think is a hugely important thing and something that should be said about this movement. Like it's great, but don't get too caught up in it and too stressed about it. I'm right there with you. Uh, just for the simple fact that I was like, I'm lactose intolerant. My body does not like to do dairy. However, mm-hmm. um, I like dairy, so we do it. <laughs> I love the matter of fact way you said that. And same, I'm lactose intolerant, but you you best believe that I still have ice cream and cheese from time to time. I might use a lactate enzyme to help me digest it. I try not to do it too often, but like I still have it. And that's the way that I want to live my life is have a little bit of a balance here and there and to still enjoy food. I think life is way too short to live in restriction all the time. Um, So I'm right there with you. Um, And going on now, we're not saying like, hey, if you have an allergy, just say frack your allergy. like just full sin. Dive into it. That's not what we're saying. We're just saying that sometimes if you have an intolerance, that doesn't mean you have to overcorrect. So many times we overcorrect and not just when when it comes to our diet, you know, sometimes it's a personality trait, you know, they're like, well, you're like, well, I'm just like, people think I'm a little too like annoying. So you become way too conservative, became a total like quiet mouse for like the longest time because people said I'm too talkative. Well, that was my teachers thought that on my report card, let's say that. So I just, I was like, I'm just not going to talk anymore. That, that has to be the solution, right? No. Right. Like I overcorrected. I was like, so you just have to find that, like you said, that sweet spot. I like to live in a nice 80-20 balance most of the time. Yes. I agree. I love the kind of 80-20 balance rule. I love what you're saying because, as I mentioned, I'm an advocate for intuitive eating. And I was just chatting with a friend today, and she goes, that's great, but I don't know if people really know what that's about. <laughs> Sounds like you had some guests on here chatting about that, but I like to kind of bring it back to, like, it's what helps you feel good deep down in your gut. Exactly. So it's listening to your hunger and your cravings. And if you're really hungry and truly craving that cheese or, or whatever it is, then allow yourself to eat it. But don't go past the point when you're too full. Don't snack just to snack. If you realize that you're eating just to kind of cover up your stress and emotions, find another coping skill. But like listen to your body and what it needs and wants and 
Like, for example, I, um, I'm actually a huge advocate for eating some meat. Veganism and plant-based eating works for some people, and I think everybody can eat more plants. That's definitely a good point for health. Um, but I think for gut issues in particular, veganism does not always work. A lot of times people do really well with clean forms of meat. I knew this about myself for, like, years now. <laughs> and I was like, I know when I was in gut healing, I'm great with, like, fresh veggies and fruit and um, and just meat. Like, that's what I feel good on. But I was following recently a cleanse by a nutritionist that I really respect, and it was just a week of plant-based eating. I'm like, I can do this. About four days in, I felt worse than when I started, and I'm like, I'm eating fantastic, nourishing foods, but beans and plant forms of protein just don't sit well with me. So I'm not going to stick with this cleanse because I should, or I feel like I need to. I'm going to have some grass fed beef and some chicken. And I felt so much better. So I think that's an example of like, I didn't need to follow that rule. Instead, I needed to listen to my intuition. And guess what? I still eat burgers all the time. <laughs> listen, I was like, if the human body didn't know what it needed, I don't think we would still be around thousands of years later. That's all yeah. I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. That's so true. I think our bodies, like, we can trust in our bodies and, like, it knows what we need so much more than we think. We think we can control our bodies and, like, influence and change them, but it's, like, it knows deep down it has this wisdom. Um, one of the mindset shifts I love to offer my clients is my body works for me, not against me. Because a lot of times when we have gut issues or health issues, we think our body is just, like, working against us. But, like, your body is working for you. And if, if it says that, like, you know, dairy every single week isn't for you, listen to that. But if you crave it and your body says, today I want to eat cheese, do that as well. <laughs> there we go. Now, we're going to take a quick break, guys. And when we come back, we're going to have Trish tell us things that upset the gut. You know, we talked a lot about listening to the gut. What are some things that upset the gut? All right, we're back. Um, still here with Trish. She didn't leave. Thank God, because that would have been very awkward for the rest of us, me especially, me included. Um, no, but like I said before, we went to the break. We're going to talk about um, what happens when we don't trust our gut, like when we just are not into the gut, the gut pockets and things that might be detrimental uh, to that. Uh, I don't know if anything immediately comes to mind when I say that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Actually, the first thing that comes to mind is not focusing on enough variety. So I think that one of the common misconceptions when it comes to gut health is that it's just eliminating foods. Like we talked about lactose intolerance and gluten intolerance. So avoiding certain trigger foods like gluten and dairy, those are two of the biggest ones, are important for gut health. But our gut microbiome, which are the bacteria, fungi, virus within our gut, which is actually more than any other area of our body. Our gut is so intelligent, has these bugs that are so important for our health. That doesn't thrive when we're too restrictive. In fact, we actually need a lot more biodiversity for different foods to really nourish our gut. So eating way too much restriction is uh, poor for the gut. And eating like a standard American diet is as well. Because if we think about the standard American diet, it's a lot of like, wheat-based products, corn syrup, a lot of processed soy, a lot of the same foods and not enough like diverse plant foods for different fruits and vegetables and different kinds of meats and different grains like quinoa and rice. Those are the things that are really going to help nourish your gut. Um, and I always tell people like, 
oh man, for my God, dude, can I just like eat vegetables and meat and fruit? And it's like, think about how many different vegetables there are. It's not just cucumbers and carrots. That's what I grew up on, a plate of cucumbers and carrots every day. But there's so many different varieties that you can try. So one of my biggest tips is like try new foods. It might seem counterintuitive. You might be scared to try new foods because they'll upset your stomach, but that's one of the best things you can do for your gut is actually trying new foods. This is an amazing time to do that. Um, there are so many options available to us out there. Like there are Whole Foods popping up everywhere. Yep. Um, if you're not into Whole Foods, like I don't shop there a great deal. There are other company avenues that I'm into, um, one of them being Fruits and Roots. Um, and it's oh. a uh, it's a company that they just do like some domestic, but like just all types of fruits. Uh, and they like do fruits that are in season. So many times we try to get things that mm-hmm. are not in season. I was like, if you're getting something that's not in season, that means it's probably not going to be, it's not going to be as nutritious as it should be. Or they yep. used a lot of like additives. It might, they, they used yep. a lot of additives to keep it to usable keep it fresh, for you. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I haven't heard of fruits and roots. That's interesting, but I get misfits market, mm. which is like produce that is kind of like maybe a little wonky looking. It was left over. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's pretty local and it's organic and it's delivered to your door. So that's how I've like tried fruits and vegetables that I never would have picked up in the store. Cause it's like, well, it came to my box. Now I have to decide <laughs> yeah. to how to cook this and how to use this. And, um, when you brought up Whole Foods, this might be local to Ohio. I told you I'm brand new to the Ohio area. I just moved here. Right. But Fresh Time Markets is my new favorite grocery store. I don't yes. know if you have them in Columbus. I think there might be one. I think that we do have one or two here. Um, I hear okay. people talk about them a lot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're my. They're right around the corner for me. They're my new favorite. They're replacing my Wegmans, which for anyone on the on New York or East Coast, Wegmans is the best grocery store. <laughs> and I was missing my Wegmans, so Fresh Time is replacing it for me. That's good. Oh, I'm like a, I'm like an Aldi kid. Um, I, but Aldi, I, I love I was Aldi. Say Aldi is the best, and it's affordable. It's a way to eat affordably, um, eat healthy, affordably. Uh, they're increasing the amount of foods they have. And I heard something. I don't know if this is 100% true. I'm not an advocate for Aldi. Um, Give us a 411. Not Go ahead. paid, I guess. But I, I heard that they might be going all organic or like taking, which I've never heard of a grocery store doing. But I heard that that's, that's a rumor. I don't know. And I could kind of see it. Like they have been making a lot of changes uh, as a company as of late. Like I've been with Aldi since I can remember my aunt and my mom have shopped there since yeah. like the the early nineties, that's as far back yeah, as I can same. go. Cause I wasn't anything but a sperm cell before that. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. And they've, and just to see the growth over the past 20, almost 30 years yeah. that they've done, they've come, they've come around um, yeah. massive. I, Cause there was a time I could say Aldi and nobody would they're like, what's Aldi's? And I was like, it's the store, yeah. store like right around the corner down the like, yeah, never heard of it. Big A? No? Okay. But now he's like, oh, yeah, like, do you know about Aldi's? I was like, you're so late. I was talking about Aldi's like 20 years ago. <laughs> Actually, I'm right there with you. We had an Aldi right around the corner growing up, always went there. And I feel like the same thing. And now I'll have friends from different states all around. They're like, this is for Aldi. I don't know if you know about it. And I'm like, of course I know Aldi. And I'm glad that they're everywhere and they're popping up because they're honestly a great choice for um, healthy, sustainable eating because it's it's um, kind of simple, no nonsense. There's not a ton of extra like brands for you to feed through and get like trapped up in. And 
Um, they kind of just have a lot of clean foods to choose from. So I like Aldi a lot. And another, I feel like this is just now turning into like a store, like a store plug. Uh, even <laughs> even though like I'm not endorsed by any like any of these stores, Trader Joe's because they have their own farm, you know. So. Uh, <laughs> Say that because if you weren't, I was going to. Yeah, I mean, like once again, I was like, you can when you can tr- when you know where everything's grown and you can trust that when they say grass fed, it's grass fed. Now, like yep. this is supposed to be grass fed, but we got it from a person who got it from a different person, and then we're just bringing yeah. it to you. I was like, ah, that, that's a whole different type of right. ordeal, especially when you're going back to the whole variety thing. Like, I've been in Trader Joe's once, but I was like, I walked in there and it's like I went to Narnia or something. Like, it's yes. just like wall to wall aisle to aisle just like around the world like you name it it's probably inside of it's, Trader it's, it's there and I, that was the same thing probably about like two years ago yeah maybe two years ago a year and a half ago i went to a trader joe's for the first time with my friend i was like a kid in a candy store i'm like look at all these mixed assortments of nuts yeah. look at all the produce look at all the options in the freezer section this is amazing and then talk about affordability like i yeah. I like, I love your big, I love my Kroger, I love my Walmart, my Meyer sometimes, but like I can go to Joe's sometimes, spend so much less money and get a yeah. little better of a product. Just sometimes. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I have tons of, tra- and their Trader Joe's brand, like their brand of stuff. Exactly. Like, it's so great. It's so, um, I love their nut butters. I love a lot. I have a lot of Trader Joe's stuff here too, for sure. So, so trader joe or anybody affiliated with them if you're listening like go ahead just go ahead send me and trish the paperwork now we'll, we'll go ahead we'll be sponsors like we, we will go ahead sponsors, we will go ahead and join the family real quick absolutely i'd be glad to do so <laughs> oh no um sorry we got on this little caveat about stores but sometimes when you find like a good product you have to share it um because like i said like the whole reason we do the show is to share information when we yes. find something good we love to let you know about it that way you can go out and without me being there, without Trish being there, like holding your hand or on the phone with you, you know where to go. You know what to look for. You know where to go. Yeah, exactly. And I agree because I think a lot of the things that could come from like uh, one of the stressors of eating clean or going on different like diets or eating plans for gut health is like not knowing where to find products or what to buy. So I think these stores are great options. Totally would recommend. Um, and obviously you're talking about adding more variety and, um, my next tip for how to bring more, um, you know, what, what to do for your gut health is bring a variety of habits into your life that are supportive. So I think a lot of times people just focus on nutrition and food. Obviously as a nutritionist, I love nutrition and food, but know that like sleep, the, the, uh, restful sleep that you're getting your water intake, your movement, your self care are just as important as nutrition. So Instead of like being overwhelmed, I have to do all these things for my health. Know that drinking a big glass of water to start your day is going to nurse your gut just as much as that healthy meal. Truthfully, like it's just as important, just as helpful. Um, and recognize that those small things do make a big difference. I was literally just talking to my coworker about this like five minutes before I got off work. Mm. Um, and she was like, my circulation's like crap. And I was like, how much water do you drink? She's like a glass a day. And I was like, I was like, ma'am, I was like, I'm surprised you're still alive. Like, no, like water is the key to so much in life. Uh, Hydration. Um, Nothing survives without it. Like, um, like you said, like starting your day with like a cup, maybe two of water. Like I personally Mm -hmm. like to do a quick little 16 ounces, like 16 to 32 Mm -hmm. ounces of water. 
uh, start yep. my day before I even eat anything. I was like, I got to get that in. Yep. And it helps. I feel like it helps just get my body going. It helps boost the metabolism a little bit. Yep. Um, you, like I said, I don't know. Like, if nothing else, if you take nothing else away from today besides trust your gut, drink your water. Right? Drink your water. Drink your I water. would agree. I would totally agree. That's, hydration bay. That's what we need. Habits. We didn't need a yes. salt bay back in the day. We need a hydration bay. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I like to say that, like, regardless of whatever you're working on for your health, whatever your goal is, I have two non-negotiables that you should always look out for. And one is water intake and two is sleep. Like, and, and I, I was talking recently about how I have a love-hate relationship with sleep because it's so fascinating how much our hormones and our health are affected by sleep. Uh, and that's why I love it, but I hate it because it's so hard to get restful sleep. And regardless of my healthy habits, I still occasionally have restless nights. It happens. We can't always get in a good eight hours. But again, don't um, discount that. I think a lot of times people will come to me as a health coach and say, I've tried everything. I'm doing all these different things for my nutrition. I'm starting to exercise, but they're getting five crappy hours of sleep. And it's like, I hate to break it to you, but that is going to be a game changer if you can get more restful sleep. Absolutely. It's the time that we rest and digest at night that's like the power of our gut is it's it's kind of um able to rest at night it's this fast that we need it's when we heal uh it regulates our hunger and our fullness hormones it regulates cortisol which is our stress hormone it's so important so that's my other non-negotiable besides sleep or besides water is sleep you know what um i'm that guy uh, i'm that five hour guy uh, i won't lie oh uh, are you yeah Here's the thing, as, as much as I, I know I should, like, I love my body, I take as be- as good care of it as I can, but I'm out chasing my youth. Mm, you know, yes. I, I, so when, uh, when I was in high school, I got the chance to go to Europe. I was there for a while. Awesome. And our tour guide always said the same thing. He was like, I know it's an early day. I know it's a late night, but you can sleep when you're dead. We have so much life to live. You're young. Yeah. Go after it. And I'm just, it, it stuck with me going on 12 years later. <sighs> I was like, you, I was like, you got to seize the day. <laughs> and you know what? I completely agree with that to respect. Like, that's why I think it's the one habit that I definitely personally let go the, the most is because it's like, I want to actually like spend more time with my friends. Like I want to, I want to like, maybe I'm inspired at night doing something creative. I want to stay up. Um, but here's what I will say. One, men typically need less sleep than women. Uh, so it's likely that you need less sleep and maybe five, five hours is enough for you because I said that eight hours, that's a good rule of thumb, but that actually isn't necessarily true that that has to be the case for everybody. Um, actually more important than getting the uh, amount of hours of sleep is kind of trying to be consistent with the times you wake and go to bed and having some sort of sleep hygiene or schedule around it. Five hours of restful sleep is better than nine and a half of tossing and turning all night or staying way too late till two in the morning and trying to sleep till noon. doesn't matter if you got nine hours, kind of we're out of your circadian rhythm. So know that that, like the number doesn't matter as much when it comes to restful sleep. Okay. So it's more of quality versus quantity. And exactly. in, in, innocence, innocence, innocence. Now, I'm yep. not saying take a one hour power nap. That's not what you, that's not what you're saying. Right. Nope. Nope. Not saying that. And I think it's just, again, it's finding what is right for you. I know I'm, I am best when I'm like seven to eight hours. Um, some people really can be fine with like five, six or seven. Um, especially if you kind of find a, re- a rhythm, a routine, it's quality. 
Um, that's totally fine. Um, and again, if you're doing other great things for your health, that's totally fine. I just like to bring it up because it's one of those things that we hear all the time, like, yeah, I should get more sleep, but people often overlook it. And sometimes it can be the missing piece to the puzzle. So just keep that in mind. That's okay. Another little tangent. It's so funny that you said that. So before I started the podcast, I like tried to start my own business right out of college and it was called missing piece. This has been like turning in my head all day. So I'm just going to spit it out. If you had to come up with one golden rule for gut health, Mm. what, what would that be? Mm. So I have to be honest. I really like this question, but I kind of hate it only because I'm the worst person when it comes to like, what's your favorite? (laughs) What's your number one? This is true. I was like, like, like my current favorite, like my overall favorite, my favorite for tomorrow. I don't know. You have to be more specific. My favorite in these 18 different categories? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, number one golden rule for gut health. Let me get one second to think. I really, I really do think it comes back to this concept of bio-individuality. Everybody is different and really needing to tune into that. So all these different habits that we've talked about look different for everybody. Nutrition does look different for everybody. Hydration, the amount of sleep you need, looks different for everybody. Um, another huge thing for gut health is meal timing when when we eat kind of on a consistent schedule, not overeating. But I just think it comes back to the fact that everybody is different. Everybody is different and your gut is different. So you really, golden rule is you kind of got to get to know yourself get to know your body, um, and then you're going to find what is right for nourishing your gut. But I, I like that you did ask that because I do think that would be my one golden rule is note that every body is different. If you read this article on a little trend on gut health, I'm a blogger, but doesn't mean everything I say in a blog post is, is the golden rule around gut health. Just because you saw one doctor and they said you should do this for gut health doesn't mean that's the one thing. Like really kind of find this collection of what is right for you, truthfully. So as you guys know that our motto this year is reduce, reuse, recycle. Just keep that in mind as you're listening to Trish talk. Uh, Before I like explain a little bit how I see that it ties in, I'm going to go back to what she said. Just because what she says, you don't have to take it as the gospel. But what we do think about information is information is a seed, okay? Use the seed that she's giving her. You plant that and let it grow, branch out. So find different other experts or articles or just listening to your body all those things that you're doing helps you branch out nourishes that seed of information that you start that started right here and helps you along your fitness and health journey that was beautiful thank you um you set me up for the alley-oop uh so i can't awesome. take all the credit can't take all the credit <laughs> no but uh reduce reuse recycle um a lot of the times like she said like just reduce the stress and re- restriction that we put on our bodies reuse go back and like listen to the intuitive eating episode go back and listen to like some of the other things that we've been through because we've been talking about trusting your body not a calorie the the common the common thing that you hear in a lot of our episodes is always trust your body trust your heart trust your gut um because they know what you need not just to grow or stay healthy but to to grow and to improve and become the better person that we're all trying to become Recycle all these episodes. Recycle all this information that you're hearing. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure I will leave at least a link or two somewhere in the show notes for you to either find Trish. It is super important. Um, Like I said, we we both have our own issue, gut issues, but that connects us. But they're two different things, you know? 
So everybody is different. So um, who knows what's going on in your gut? Agreed. All right, Trish, this is, I don't know if this is the people's favorite part of the show, but it's my favorite part of the show. Okay. So we're going to do it again. We're going to do questions of the day. Okay. I love it. It's five questions that we ask every guest who comes on um, because we are a sex and relationship podcast. We have to stay true to our original seed and Mm -hmm. talk about relationships. Um, And I think these are questions, A, to get to know you a little better and B, to let people know they're not alone when they might have certain interests, likes, dislikes, you know, there are others Mm -hmm. out there. Question one, what is your biggest turn on? Biggest turn on? I do think a sense of humor. You know what? I get it. I get it. I think sometimes the sexiest people are when I'm at like an open mic night and I was like, this one right here. Yeah. I'm usually not into guys, but he's funny, so. Yeah. Yeah, I think a sense of humor. It's just like an approachability. It's like. A comfort level is a bit of connection you can have. Um, and I do think, like, it's funny, we had this conversation before this podcast. People don't really get my quirky sense of humor. It's not going to work out. You're not going to respect me, you know, because that's kind of a part of a part of me. So I think that might be my answer. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and flip the other side of that coin. What's your biggest turn off? Oh, yeah. Um, hmm. It's funny. <laughs> I'm like laughing because I'm like, am I picky? Because I feel like I have a whole list here. But I do think um, arrogance is probably my biggest turnoff. Because I think there's a fine line between arrogance and confidence. I think confidence is really important. um, But being cocky is just a big turnoff for me. And there's just a fine line. I understand that. And what I always try to tell people is because I like, I love myself. Like I am probably one of the most self-confident people I know. Um, But it's, but I think it's because I finally understood the difference between the two. One's rooted in insecurity. The other is rooted in stability. Um, I feel like when you're arrogant, you're trying to like, I was like, like I used to, like I said, I used to be the chubby nerdy kid. So I like had to become grandiose because I felt Mm. like that was like this one thing that I was good at defined me. And like, it's what made people like me, but it's really not until I was like, no, like holistically looking at myself, all my components make me beautiful, make me amazing. This is my strength that I feel like I became more confident rather than cocky. Yes. Yeah. I love that. I love that way of describing it. Like, insecurity to security and i think that's probably why confidence is such a turn on because it's like okay this person is secure with themselves so that means that we can um i can trust them like you need to be secure with yourself before you can be in a relationship so i think that's why arrogance is such a turn off if you're so insecure you're not gonna love the other person that's so true um okay um if you can hop into a time machine right now and go way back not way back because we're not that old if you could okay. just go back maybe, let's say, five, ten years, tell your high school, middle school self uh, some mm. good tips, some tricks for relationships, what would that be? What would that uh, sound like? Mm. That's a really good question. I think I would tell myself a lot, but I think 
I think it kind of comes back to what I just touched on is that this kind of sounds like a cliche, but it's very true that you do have to love yourself first and you have to be secure first. I think I went a long time being insecure and like looking for things in relationships and seeking and hoping that someone else would make me more secure. Um, and that's just not true. You do have to find that security and you do have to kind of love yourself first. So I know that's not the answer that a lot of people want to hear, but that's the real talk that I would give myself is learn to love yourself and then relationships will kind of fall into place within your life. It's what they needed to hear. may not be what they wanted to hear, but it's what they needed to hear. Yeah. Um, what's one thing uh, now this one's a little deeper. All right. We're, okay. we're getting deeper and deeper. All right. What's one thing that you think you can improve on as a partner? I've been exploring this a lot, actually, and I do think it is um, being more compassionate, active listener while trying to, like, take myself out of the situation. I think a lot of times I look at a relationship, I look at my relationship with my partner, like, we're in this together, I want to completely understand each other and do this together, but realizing that I make need to take a step back take out my own opinions from the situation and just literally hear what it is that's happening with you, what it is that you need um, without trying to make it about me. Although I think a partnership is a partnership, like it's two independent people just coming together, having a relationship. And I think I need to realize that. And that's what I think I need to work on. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people are in that same boat. um, Trying to figure out that same patch. Um, they may have gotten there. They may not have gotten there yet, but it's it's something that, like you said, you can't rush it. You just, when you stumble upon it, it it'll just click. Yeah. Um, last question. It's still as creative, still take some thought, but it's, uh, it's a little more fun. Okay. If you could go COVID restrictions uh, n- not being the case, like not being a thing, okay. if you could go on any date right now, what would that look like? a good question i think um it because because we are in COVID times i'm yearning to like get out and travel so like i think the perfect date would be like let's go to some place that we like let's go like go fly somewhere <laughs> that's kind of big grandiose <laughs> but like really like let's just travel together let's let's go um to the beach somewhere you know um because i think that we can go out to eat still and we've been doing that but like i want to travel and that would be such quality time that i haven't had with my partner in over a year and we love to travel uh so i think that it would just be like i don't even care where we're going but let's adventure somewhere outside our current neighborhood (laughs) beautiful beautiful i'm a travel bug so i totally understand the sentiment um well trish i just want to say thank you for coming on um I'm pretty sure everybody else's stomachs are thanking you as well. Or if not, they will be here soon. Uh, Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Of course. Is there, we got a couple minutes left. Uh, Any last things you want to share or let us know where we can find you at. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. You know what? You can find me. I'd love to connect with you, whether it's kind of just in a sense, you want to have some conversation, you want to share some content, or if you kind of want to get to know a little bit more about what I do as a coach, you can visit my website. It's www.healthcoachingbytrish.com. Health Coaching by Trish is my coaching business. So you can find that on Facebook. I'm at Feel Good Gut Girl on Instagram. 
and Clubhouse. Brand new to that, haven't used it much, but I'm using that same handle, Feel Good Gut Girl. Um, and then I have a private Facebook group called the Healthy Gut Club, and I'd love to have you in there as well. Um, so yeah, I think I would love to just connect with you all. If you want to know more about my coaching services, I do provide one-on-one support for people who are looking to manage IBS, um, uh, other gut issues, and kind of want to take the holistic approach that we chatted about today. Um, then I'm your girl. I'd love to get to know you. I offer free clarity chats. Feel free to reach out and can't wait to hear from you. All right. Well, thank you again, Trish. And I will see all you beautiful singles next Thursday.